All right, Shabbos, say good morning, good morning. Let us, let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank our Tamil Torah sponsors for the month of Menachim Av, Benjamin and Elise Wall of Netanya, Eretz Yisrael, who have dedicated all of the Sherman Joshos this month in the merit of Maishi Abramson and Jeremy Lassen, who Baruch Hashem worked so hard to make sure that those who are outside of the physical base Medrash are able to be part of the Shir, and who should reward them for all of their effort. Thank our week of learning sponsors, Aaron and Alana Weinberg, with gratitude to Hashem on the 12th anniversary of the refuah of their son, Yonatan Shai, and Sa'id and Simahakin for the refuah shleim of Avram ben Zinat, and the Hatzlacha for the entire family. We hope that Emirates Hashem. The, he has, this person has a, this, he has a true refuah, Emirates Hashem with Kol Chol Yisrael. But with that, let us begin a lot to do today. Baruch Hashem, today's daf is daf Samech Hey 65, and we're actually picking up right by the two dots on Samech Dalar on the base 64b. So really a, a lot, a lot to do today. So remember, again, the Mishnah said, So the Mishnah explained that anyone who does not know, any person or any woman, any girl who does not know how to guard her get, ultimately again cannot get divorced. So turn around on us. So I see the idea over here is on the most basic level, in order for a woman to get divorced, she has to have dance. What's the basic definition of dance? That she's able to go ahead and literally look after a document. He says Kitano a kitan who has the ability to go ahead and watch her get, literally guard her get, ultimately again gets divorced. But a girl who does not know how to go ahead and watch her get, ultimately again cannot get divorced. What do, what do you mean when you speak about the kitana who has the ability to guard her get? How, how does that manifest itself? Any girl who could watch her get and guard, you know, guard her get and something else. So the Gemara says, Micah, what, is, what does that mean, guard her get and something else? Micah, Amr. This is very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan said, ultimately, any, any girl who's able to go ahead and literally watch something else thinking that it's her get. So she watches over an item, thinking that ultimately, again, this item is her get, and she's able to sufficiently guard it. So I don't understand. If she's watching, uh, you know, a book, and she thinks that that's her get, the fact that she's able to sufficiently guard it, what about the fact that obviously she doesn't know what a get is, right? That she thinks that something else is the get, and she's guarding that because she thinks that that's the get, so he calls that, that's a shot. And that, that might be a little bit hyperbolic, but the idea is, if she doesn't know, that, in other words, the fact that she has the ability to guard something, but doesn't know what it is that she's guarding, how does that represent das? To which the words, so now we'll say, what's the definition of a... So remember, I want to be clear, what are we talking about over here? We're talking about a kitana, a kitana who has the ability to get divorced. So essentially, when could a kitana have, does she, when does she have the ability to get divorced? If she's able to watch over her get. What's the definition of being able to watch over her get? So literally, again, she understands what the get is, and she is able to responsibly guard it. She could distinguish between a get and something else. So the Gemara gives examples of this. So this is actually really, really very interesting. So I'll say it's also fascinating that the, the well, actually, let's take a look. So so now, that we brought up this discussion about Kitana. So now we've been introduced, remember, just to follow the progression over here. So the Mishnah, the Mishnah highlighted this idea that any girl who is capable, Yechola Lishmar as Gita, is able to guard or watch over her get, can get divorced. 
if she can't guard or watch over her get, she can't get divorced. The Gemara gave us a definition. What does it mean that she could guard Lishmar as Gita? It means really two things. Number one, she's able to distinguish between what is a get and what's not a get, and she's able to watch over it. She's able to watch over it. So now that we've spoken about this idea, that ultimately the ability to like guard something or watch over something represents das, represents a certain level of mental capacity, Yimara expands this conversation. This would be very interesting. This comes along Rabbi Yehuda, says in the name of Rabbi Yossi, Surar v'zarko, egos v'notlo, If a katan has the ability to say, if you give him a stone and he throws it away, and a nut, and he holds on to it. In other words, we're talking about over here a child who has the capacity to be able to distinguish between something valuable and something valueless. Right? So you give him a stone, he's like, what is, what is this good for? Right? Throws it away, but a nut, he understands again, has value. So when a cotton reaches that level of capacity, he has the ability to acquire on his own behalf but does not have the ability to go ahead and acquire on behalf of others. I will say, by the way, think about this just also from a hashkafic perspective. What is the most basic level of personalistic maturation when you know what's good and what's not good? Right? On, on the most basic level, when do you have the ability to accomplish it? When do you have the ability to accomplish something in life? When do you have that ability, that capacity? Ultimately, again, when you know what to take and what to discard. I will say, is this not the first unit of personalistic accomplishment? What should I take and what should I discard? What's worth investing my time and my efforts in? And what's ultimately, again, just a misuse of my, of, of my personalistic commodities? So that's, so the katana, katana on the most basic level, knows a stone is not going to do anything for me. So discard it. The nut is valuable. First step in growth in life is knowing what should you hold on to and what should you discard. What are the things that are going to further your life mission? And ultimately, again, what are the things that ultimately are just going to hold you back? Or for that matter, just create the waste of time. So next, next level. If you could borrow something, if the katan could borrow something, right, and then return it an hour later. So this represents a heightened level of das, where the, where the, where the person, in this case the katan, has the ability, again, to take something from someone else and has enough of, of a developed thought process to understand, I have to return it after a defined amount of time. But say in that case, ultimately, again, he has the ability to acquire on his own behalf, and ultimately, again, on behalf of others as well. So I will say, what's, what's the pshat with this? What's the pshat? Also, such, such a profound lesson. What this represents, I will say, is a heightened level of awareness, ultimately, again, of responsibility towards the other. Right? So first step of personal maturation is ultimately responsibility to self. I know what I should take and what I should discard what's helpful, and what's detrimental. That's, that's step one. Step two is feeling a sense of achrayis towards the other. What level of responsibility do I have towards the other? How does that manifest itself? You borrow something, and then you have the ability to return it. I would say, of course, on a much deeper, deeper level, this you sold, this you sold ultimately again of of chetetz umach zira la'acher, What's the greatest example of Chetetz Machzir Acher? It's the Neshama. Right? It's the Neshama. I get a Neshama ultimately again when I come down into this world. And after 120, Machzir Acher, I have to give that back to the Ribbon Shalom. The fact that I know that one day I have to return my soul to my Maker. And ultimately again, my, I have one job in this world. One job. And that job is to return that neshama in even better shape than I received it. Which might not be totally possible, but at least in as good shape as I received it, but hopefully even better shape. Let's say that's the next step of personalistic maturation. So step one is recognizing what you should do, what you should take, what you should discard. What are the things that are going to help you on the journey of life? What are the things that are going to hold you back? 
Second step in personalistic maturation is understanding, again, your achrayis to the other. Whatever you take, give back. And ultimately, again, even on a deeper level, understand that the ultimate chayfus during the Shema is something you have to return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shabbat say, okay, but back to the Pashib Shat. When the Katan gets to this level that he can borrow something and then return it, Zoha bein la'asma bein la'achirim. Ultimately, he has the ability to go and be Zoha, ultimately towards others, or I should say, he has the ability to acquire on behalf of himself and on behalf of others. Kiyami say kanid Shmuel. Fine, when he said this over in front of Shmuel, Amr the Davida Achasi. Shmuel said, now both of these are the same level. My David Achasi, what does that mean? So I'll say, ultimately, again, Rav Chista said, really in both of these cases, both the Katan, both the Katan, ultimately, again, who knows, who knows to throw away the stone, keep the nut, as well as, as well as borrow something and return it, both of these represent a level of maturity where he could acquire on behalf of himself but he does not have the ability to acquire on behalf of others. In other words, what Rav Chizda is introducing is a katan can never be acquired on behalf of, bless you, can never acquire on behalf of other people. The most he could do is acquire on behalf of himself. Master Rav Chizda Vardan, so Rav Chizda Vardan brought up a shayla. He brought up a contradiction. It was an interesting case. Ketan mishtakfin b'mavoy. I will say back to our era of days. Remember again, shituf muvaos. Right? What's a shituf muvaos? So I will say, so remember again, so in the, in, the Talmudic, in the Talmudic housing model, so remember again, you had multiple homes that opened up into a shared chaser, shared courtyard, right? Multiple courtyards that opened up ultimately again into, into a shared mavoy, alleyway. So the same way that, a homes, that homes ultimately have to go ahead and make an Erev Chatseros, Right, in order to join them into common ownership. So multiple chaseros have to create a sheet of muvos for joined ownership into the alleyway. Okay, or we're not going to do all the technicalities over here. So I'll say, so how do you do that? How do you do that? So food, right? Food is always the great, the great um, uniter, right? Amongst Jewish people. So Lamaisa, again, again, for sheet of muvos, you can use a barrel of wine. Fine. So in any event, how do you make a sheet of muvos? So they would take a barrel of wine. Ultimately, again, they would announce this barrel of wine belongs to all the residents of the Mavoy. Now remember, to say it belongs to everyone is not enough. What do you have to do? You have to convey ownership to someone. Someone has to acquire it on behalf of the B'nai Mavoy. Who, do, who does that? You can even do it through your adult children. Right or or through your Jew- Jewish servants. Okay, interesting. So let's analyze this. Watch this. Hai say, what's the case of shivcha who has the? Now watch this. Who has, what's the case of shivcha who has the ability to acquire this shituf, this shituf, on behalf of the other residents of the mavui? If it's a shivcha brought two hairs, in other words, she develops signs of physical maturation, i.e., she's an adult, so my baya, my baya gabe. I will say, a Jewish shivcha, a Jewish maidservant, goes free as soon as she exhibits signs of physical maturation. So you couldn't have that. Ella, lavdalo asya shteh saros. Rather, I will say, it must be that she is still not a gidola. She's still a kitana. Right? Vikatani, and yet, what do you see from here? Vikatani, zochalachirim. He'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that Allah says she must be still a kitana, yet there is the ability for her to go ahead and acquire something on behalf of others. On behalf of others. So he'll say, so what do you see from here? You see from here that Allah Allah like Rabbi Yehuda was saying, that there is the ability for a katan or a kitana to acquire on behalf of others, to acquire on behalf, as long as they reach some level of developed cognition. Right? In Rabbi Huda's model, the level of developed cognition was what? That they have the ability, they have the ability to go ahead and um, right? they have the ability to borrow something and return it. Now I will say, now remember again, this is being, this is being, um, this is being posed as a kasha on Rav Chista. Because Rav Chista wanted to say, a katan never has the ability to acquire on behalf of someone else. The most a katan could do is when they reach some level of maturity, they could what? They could what? Acquire on their own behalf. Here you clearly see a case 
where the katan is acquiring on behalf of the members of the mavoi. So it's a contradiction to Rav Chista, to which the Gemara says, no, no, no. So the Gemara says, so Am Rav Chista ishtik vardan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let's skip the line. The Gemara says, shayni shlufei mavos dirabanan. No, so ultimately again, so ultimately, so this is not a good, this is not a good kasha. Why? Because this is sheet of mavos. Sheet of mavos, what I'll say, is dirabanan. So it could be that in the case of a Dirabanan, will allow a Katan to go ahead and acquire on behalf of someone else. I'm Rav Chista. Rav Chista said, Ishtik Vardan. Ultimately, again, Rav Chinina Vardan, Vardan is the name of his place. Rav Chinina Vardan, ultimately, again, was silenced. In other words, again, we refuted his refutation. My Havadeh Memer. So we'll say, what could Rav Chista, I'm sorry, what, what could Rav Chinina Vardan, what could he have answered? Havadeh Lememer, he could have said, Called the Tikkun Rabbanon, I will say top of Samechei 65a, first line, called the Tikkun Rabbanon, Kein De'araisa Tikkun. So Rav Chinin of Ardan could have answered, anytime the rabbis make a law, they make a law like a Da'araisa. So therefore I will say, the facts, so say, just, just to follow the progression over here, you have, you have ultimately again, you have, um, I just want to get my name's correct over here. You have Rav Yehuda ultimately telling us, introducing a model, just to follow. Rav Yehuda introducing a model in the name of Rabbi, Rabbi Asi, introducing a model that a katan, when he reaches a certain level of cognition, i.e., take, throws away the stone, keeps the nut, that level of das allows him to acquire on behalf of himself. Right? When he reaches an additional level of developed cognition, i.e., he borrows something and is able to return it, he's able to go ahead and acquire on behalf of himself and on behalf of others. Okay? Comes along Rav Chista, and Rav Chista then said no. Rav Chista said no. The most a katan could ever do is acquire on his own behalf, but never acquire on behalf of others. Rav Chinna Vardan came and posed a question to Rav Chista, and brought a case that showed us that a katan is able to go ahead and acquire on behalf of the other. What was that case? Shetufei muvaos. Right? They want to make a sheet of muvaos. So what does it say? Let's say again, we also imagine we all live in the same mavoi. I'm supplying the barrel of wine for the sheet of muvaos. I put it in the mavoi, or I put it in my house, and I say ultimately, or my, my chatzar, I say, okay, this is for all the b'nei ha-mavoi. Now, that's fine, but someone else has to acquire it on behalf of the members of the mother. So the Gemara says, who could do that? Who could do that? Even my shifcha, my Jewish maidservant. Now, I will say, how old is my Jewish maidservant? She can't be an adult, because if she's adult, then what? Then what? Then she's free. So it must be that she's a kitana. Obviously, she's a kitana. And yet, what is she doing? What is she doing? She is acquiring the sheet of muvaos on behalf of the b'nei mavoi. What do you see from here? What do you see from here? That a kitana has the ability to acquire on behalf of others. So I will say, this refutes Rav Chista and seems to be a support ultimately again for Rav Yehuda, to which the Gemara says, no, this is not a refutation, because what, what is this? What is this? This is a Dinder Abanon. This is rabbinic law. Okay, so maybe in, in rabbinic law, we allow a katan to go ahead and acquire on behalf of others. To which the Gemara says, but by the way, if Rav Chinun Vardan, if he wanted to say, there's a slogan proof, he could have said, even if, it's, even if it is a Dirabanon, whenever the Rabbanon legislate law, they legislated how? Like a Daraisa. So if it wouldn't work by a Daraisa, they wouldn't legislate it by a Dirabanon, which once again seems to restore the contradiction and seems to tell us that a Katan can acquire on behalf of others. The Idak, the other would say, Ki Arminun called the Tikkun Rabbanon Kim Daraisa, Tikkun Bemilsa de Islay Ikramin Torah. When do we say that the Rabbana legislate law like a Daraisa? That's only when what they're legislating has its source in biblical law. Also, it's something that does not have its root, right? Its source in the Torah. Ultimately, again, Chazal do not structure their law like a Daraisa. So I will say, so Shittuf Mavos, which is a purely rabbinic law, ultimately need not resemble, need not resemble biblical law. Fine. Master of Avia. So again, we're still in our, we're still in our machlokes here. So remember again, on one hand, on one hand, we have Rav Chista, sorry, we have Rabbi Huda, we have, um, oh, I keep on forgetting the names, Rabbi Huda in the name of Rabbi Asi, I'm just going to make my right there, Rabbi Huda in the name of Rabbi Asi, ultimately saying that a katan, when he reaches a certain level of a cognition, does have the ability to acquire on behalf of others, and then ultimately again, Rav Chista, 
Rav Chista telling us that no, a katan at most could only go ahead and acquire on behalf of himself. So now we'll say now another kasha. Master of Avia. This is a great case. Marimin ala Meiser Shani. We'll say this is fascinating. If you want, you could circumvent the laws of Meiser Shani. I will say now, what are the laws of Meiser Shani? We know what is Meiser Shani. Meiser Shani is the tithe that is yours, belongs to the landowner or the produce owner, but you have to eat it in Yerushalayim Mirakodesh. Now, if you want, what can you do? You could redeem your Meister Shani on money, or really what you could do is you could transfer Meister Shani sanctity onto money. Now, the halacha is when you do that, that's fine, totally permitted. When you do that, if you're redeeming Meister Shani, you have to add on an additional fifth. Right, the Chomesh, one fifth. Right, so you add on one fifth of the value onto the money. Now, we'll say, now when, when is that true? That's only true when you're redeeming your own Meister Shani. But watch this. If, you're, if someone else is redeeming your Meister Shani, right, with their money, then there is no din of the fifth. Okay? Interesting. So watch this. You could exploit this halacha. So Master of Avia, Marimina Meister Shani. If you want, you could circumvent the laws of Meister Shani. How so? Kesar, Omer Adam Libno Ubitu Agidolim. A person could say to his adult children, La'avdo ivrim, or to your Jewish servant or maidservant, I'm giving you a gift. So we'll say, imagine for a moment, imagine for a moment, I have $1,000 in Meister Shani. Okay? So now, if I redeem the Meister Shani, I have to redeem $1,000 plus an additional fifth. So I have a great idea. What do I do? I give either my adult son, my adult daughter, the reason adult, adult children, I will say, why is because the assumption is adult children are financially independent. It's a big assumption, right? <laughs> right, but, but, right, but, but Lamaisa, again, assuming my adult children are financially independent. Okay, so now I will say, so I can give my adult children or, or my Jewish servant or maidservant, here's a thousand dollars. It's yours. It's yours. But do me a favor. Now that you now are the proud owner of a thousand dollars, would you mind redeeming my Meiser Shani? And I will say, if they do so, it works. And I will say, what could they do? So now they can redeem my Meister Shani, and guess what? They can redeem the Meister Shani. I will say, when they redeem the Meister Shani, then what? What don't they have to add on? What don't they have, what don't they have to add on? The fifth. So I will say, and this is a totally legal loophole. Totally legal loophole. The Meister Shani is redeemed. The $1,000 now has Meister Shani sanctity. And again, because they've redeemed this, someone other than the owner of the process has redeemed it, no additional fifth. Good. Totally legal loophole. So, hi, Shifcha Yechidami. So, by the way, what's the case of Shifcha? Who's the Shifcha redeeming this? So, Ida Asibe Saros, my Bayagabe. If she's developed signs of physical maturation, then she's no longer Shifcha, she's a free woman. Elalav, Dolo Asibe Saros. Rather, it has to be that what? She has not sprouted signs of physical maturation, right? So, therefore, I'll say, if she hasn't sprouted signs of physical maturation, then what is she? Then what is she? What is she? A Kitana. And what is she doing? What is she doing? She's really acquiring something, so to speak, on my behalf. In other words, I will say, she's affecting some type of halachic reality. She, a kitana, is, re- or, right, kitana is redeeming my Meister Shani. So I will say, I just want to point out, remember, you could have a case, ultimately, again, of an Eved Ivri who is a gadol. Right? How do you have a case of an Eved Ivri who is a gadol? An evidentiary has the ability to go ahead and stay in servitude for a prolonged amount of time. Right? And Amaivriya normally does not. Okay, what's the case? Shabbos says, great. Ultimately, we're talking about again, which is Drabanon. Okay, fine. Fine. So the Gemara says, that's, that's it for us. So the simple answer is, we're doing a Dirabanon. So maybe in a Dirabanon, ultimately, again, a katan does have the ability to go ahead and acquire something on behalf of someone else. To which the Gemara says, one second. One second. If you're talking about Maeser Shani Bismanazeh, so I'll say, that's Maeser Shani Bismanazeh, Amo Ivriya, doesn't apply bismanazah. We'll say the concept of Jewish servitude only applies when Yovel applies. So the Gemara says, look at Rashi for just a moment. See, I will say Jewish servitude is fundamentally tied into Yovel. 
right? Because remember again, why? Because remember again, the, the evidence has the ability to extend his term. Right, if he becomes a pure stevet, he has the ability to go and extend his term. But Lamaisa again, Yovel marks the end of all Jewish servitude. So therefore, Jewish servitude is linked to Yovel. We'll say Yovel only applies when Yovel only applies when ultimately the majority of Klal Yisrael resides in Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, the Gemara says, I don't understand. So Lamaisa again, if we're talking about Maisa Shidi Bizman then there's no Avdos Bizman Hazer. To which the Gemara says, So we'll say, Rabbi, you have to say, no, no, no. This must be talking about a time when Maishah Shani applied Midaraisa, and therefore servitude applied Midaraisa. So what's the case over here? The case here, we'll say, is, interestingly enough, is a case of Maishah Shani that was coming from a non-perforated flower pot. So Rabbi will say, okay, so now... Everyone will agree that a case of a non- right, so produce grown in a non-perforated flower pot is what we'll say, is what? It's only chayit midrabanon in trumas and maestros because it's not attached to the ground. So that would be a case of a drabanon where a katan ultimately again could go ahead and serve as my agent. Okay, Amar Rava. So I'll say Rava comes along and says something very interesting. Gimel, gimel midos pekatan. So I'll say Rava, Rava wants to create the following framework. He essentially says, there's three different categories when it comes to a katan. What are the three categories? Surar v'zarko, egos v'notlo, zochel yatzmo, v'ein zochel achir. So I will say, if you have a katan, and again, what we mentioned before, you give him a nut, you give him a stone, he throws it away, you give him a nut and he keeps it. So I will say, this is the first level of developed mental capacity where he has the ability to acquire on behalf of himself but does not have the ability to acquire on behalf of someone else. So, we'll say, so remember again, the, I, the concept of keeping the nut, throwing away the stone, represents a basic level of developed mental or intellectual capacity. So on this level, he's able to affect change or to acquire something on behalf of himself, not for others. Ukinegdan, I will say, the way the Gemara is framing this is like for boys and for girls, the corresponding, corresponding level of cognition for a girl, kinegdon, biktana, miskadeshes lemion. So I will say, on the corresponding level for a girl, she ultimately, again, would be able to go ahead and engage in rabbinic marriage. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, so remember again, Midaraisa the father has the ability to betroth his daughter. If there's no father, if there's no father, so brother or mother have the ability to enter in the enter the katana into marriage. What kind of marriage is that? Dirabanan. The same way that technically brother or mother could enter her into rabbinic marriage, she could also agree herself to enter into rabbinic marriage. But what level of intellectual capacity does she have to have in order to be able to enter into rabbinic marriage? This same level. You give her a stone, she throws it away. You give her a nut, she keeps it. In other words, if she has that basic level of developed cognition, she has the ability to enter into rabbinic marriage. We'll say, how do you get out of rabbinic marriage? How do you get out of rabbinic marriage? Miyun. You don't even need to get, technically, right? Miyun. What does Miyun mean? Refusal. Refusal simply means she says, I don't want this anymore. Look at Rashi. So I'll say, so ultimately, so again, so it's, it's the same level, right? So in other words, on, on, the, on the level, so when a katan or kitana reaches the level ultimately again where you give them a nut, they keep it, give them a stone, they throw it away. So with this, this, this represents the level where ultimately again they could acquire on behalf of themselves, but not on behalf of others. Okay, next. Haputos. Mekhan nekach. Umemkar memkan. So I'll say putos. Remember again, we saw this before, a couple of days ago in the Gemara. So putos really, really represents the age, right? Ultimately again, of, of six, seven, eight years old, where there's some level of developed mental capacity. So putos. Mekhan nekach. What they, what they sell is sold. Umemkar. Or I should say what they purchase is purchased. Umemkaran memkar, what they sell is sell, the metaltalin, ultimately a movable property. So we'll say, so this is the next level of developed cognition. 
Pu'utos, where ultimately, again, transactionally, they understand what is happening. And therefore, again, their transactions are recognized in halacha only by movable property. And I will say again, the corresponding case would be in a kitana. Right? This would be the age, ultimately, again, where halacha lamaisa, if her father were to betroth her, it would be an effective kiddushin. I will say, Rashi points out over here, what, what age is this? This is the age where if her father marries her off, she's not going to run back home, right? Ultimately, again, she's sent away and she won't return. So I'll say that's the second level of, of developed maturation. Third level, once, once a boy or a girl reaches the age of Nadarim, now both say, we saw, remember this back in our Nadarim days, this is a year before Bar or Bas Mitzvah where we assume that a boy or a girl has reached a heightened level of, of, of cognition, where they understand the meaning of a vow, and they understand how to keep a vow. So for a girl, this would be the age of 11. For a boy, this would be the age of 12. So their nedarim is a proper nedar, and their hektish is a proper hektish. And I will say this would be the age of where a kitana ultimately again would also be cognitively developed enough that she'd be able to do chalitza. The lim- so I will say, so that's, that's, that's the third level. So I will say, so again, three different levels of maturation of a katan. So I will say, this is the last level, which is not really the right. I will say, what about how old do you have to be in order to, in order to go ahead and sell off your father's property? Until you're 20. I was going to say, now that, that last level is a little bit of an outlier. What that's talking about, I will say, is in general, remember again, we, see, we spoke about extensively this concept of apotropis, of basin going ahead and setting up an executor of the estate to care for the needs of the estate until, until the yasm, until the, until the orphan becomes a gadol. Now, let's remember again, a number of times the Gemara said, what does gadol mean? Gadol does not assume that the yasomim are children. But rather, what it means is, it takes a while for a child to become educated in the estate of his father, especially if the father has vast holdings, to know what to do, how to sell. So often, again, when do we say that a child becomes of the age to go ahead and sell off the property of the estate? 20. 20 years old. That's when he has enough knowledge. Again, so we'll say, sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our head around these like levels of, of maturation in a katan, because for us, these all sound like children. And when we think about children, again, it's certainly they don't seem to have developed capacity until much, much later. But again, obviously, there was a, times of the Gemara, people matured much faster. Right? It, certainly, it certainly had to mature much faster, given the times. In any event, so I'll say, so just an interesting construct over here of Rava creating the Gimel Midos Bakatan. The three different categories, the three different levels of maturation, and at each different level, they're able to affect some additional level of halachic change. Incredible. Mishnah. Kitana Sha'amra Iskabalagiti. I'll say another interesting case. A Kitana said, Iskabalagiti. They will say, so this is talking about, again, so the woman is married. It could be a case of where her father married her off. Right? And what happens? She tries to make a shliach le Kabbalah. And they both say, a kitana cannot make a shliach le Kabbalah. All right? And therefore, eno get, achiagia get liada. Ultimately, again, the get is not a valid get until it reaches her hands. Okay? So the fichach, therefore, so just to show you essentially what happens over here. What, what happens? Right? So imagine Ruben's married to Rachel. Rachel's a kitana. Now Rachel was getting, they're getting divorced. So Rachel goes ahead. She appoints a shleach. She says, shleach, you be my shleach like Kabbalah. That shleach appears before Ruben, the husband. Right? So I will say, so now Ruben gives the, Ruben gives the shleach a get. What, what kind of shleach is that? What kind of shleach? It's the shleach laholacha. Right, because at the end of the day, Rachel can't create a shliach Kabbalah because she is a kitana. Now, because it is a shliach laholacha, when is Rachel divorced? When is she divorced? When the get reaches her hands, which therefore means any time that Reuven wants to renege on that get, up until the point that the get reaches the hands of Rachel, he has the ability to do so. Shein katan osa shliach. Because a katan doesn't have the ability to make a shliach. But ultimately, again, if, if, say this, now watch this. 
If Rachel was a Kitana married off by her father, and now her father wants her to receive a get, so what does the father do? The father appoints a Shliach Likabalah, then I will say, that works. That works. Because the father has the ability to operate on behalf of his daughter. So he could create the Sheikh Kabbalah. Therefore, if he creates the Sheikh Kabbalah, sends the Sheikh Kabbalah ultimately against Reuven to, hus- to the husband, Reuven places the get in the hand of the Sheikh Kabbalah in Ratzal Achsar, Lo Yachsar. say, in that case, once the, shaliyah get, once the get reaches the hand of the Shaliyah, ultimately husband can no longer renege. Next. Great case. Right? A man says, A man, Ruvain says to the Shaliach, I want to divorce my wife. Give this get to my wife, right? I want you to give her the get in Pikesville. He gives her the get in Owings Mills. Right? You know, right? So what happens? Puzzle. Ultimately, again, the get is puzzle. The get is puzzle. So Gemara says, Haribu Makumploni. But if Ruben says, Listen, he give this get to my wife, I'm pretty sure you're going to find her in Pikesville. Right? Right? And he gives it to her in Owings Mills. Then what? Kasher. Right? Then it's Kasher. I'll say, Why? What's the distinction between the two cases? In case number one, in case one, he's giving a specific instruction. In case number two, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's giving helpful information, right? So that you don't have to run out looking for her. I'm pretty sure you're going to find her in Baikzon. If a woman says, right, a woman says to the Shaliach, be my Shaliach Kabbalah, and I want you to receive my get in Pikesville. Right? He's Kabbalah with Kibbalah but he receives in Owings Mills. What's the Puzzle. Ultimately, again, the get is puzzle. All right. Rabbi Lazar Machshir. Rabbi Lazar says, no, it's fine. It's fine. So, if ultimately again Rachel says to the Shaliach, bring me my get from so and so place, and the Shaliach brings it from a different place, ultimately again the get will still be kosher. Fine. So, Rabbi Lazar, why does Rabbi Lazar only argue in the latter case, right? Rabbi Lazar says, so I will say, in the, in the first case, where the husband says to the Shaliach, Give my wife the get in 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 Pikesville, and the shaliach gives it in Owingsville. The get is possible. The get is possible, and Rabbi Lazar doesn't argue on that case. Yet on the flip case, where Rachel says, "Receive my get in in Pikesville," and the shaliach receives the get ultimately again in Owings Mills, the Rabbanon say it's possible, but Rabbi Lazar says it's kosher. So why does Rabbi Lazar only argue in the latter case and not in the first case? To which the Gemara says, "Ihu timidaita megarish kapid, ihi deval karacham iskarashes mara makomulo." So I will say, interestingly enough, Rabbi Lazar says like this: There's a fundamental difference. A, a man, a man who has ultimately again the power of divorce in this case, ultimately again, ultimately when he says, "Give the get in a particular place," he is making a tenai, he's making a condition, and non-compliance invalidates the shlichos. A woman ultimately, again, who gets divorced against her will, or who has the ability to get divorced against her will, whenever she gives geographic information to her lazar, she's only giving helpful info. She does not mean to make it a binding condition. But I will say, but again, that's a machlokis for Allah and the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon say, no, if she says, receive my get in a particular place, she's making a binding condition. Rabbi Lazar says it doesn't make sense that she's making geographically binding conditions. Since she could be divorced against her will to begin with, we always view her statements as simply being helpful pieces of information. Along those same lines, Gemara says, give another example. Mishnah, Haveli Gidi. So we'll also listen to this case. Imagine Rachel's married to Ruvain, and Ruvain's a Kohen. Nazareth, now, Rachel doesn't come from a Kohanic family. As a result, while she's married to Ruvain, she has the ability to what? To eat truma. To eat truma. So watch this. Now Rachel says to the Shaliach, So if Rachel says, if Rachel says to her Shaliach, bring me my get, right, right, bring, bring my get. So in this case, again, he's a Shaliach Lava, Shaliach Lava, she could eat Shuma until when? Until when? Until the get actually gets to her hand. Fine. Hiskabeligiti, on the other hand, if she appoints the Shaliach as a Shaliach like Kabbalah, now I will say, when does Rachel become divorced in the case of a Sheikh like Kabbalah? When? As soon as the get reaches the Shliach's hands, then as Surah Lechob Miyad. 
then she can't eat truma immediately. Why? Because she has to be choshesh as that maybe, this, maybe by an she sits down to eat truma, maybe the shaliach already received my get. Now, if she said to the shaliach, receive my get in a specific place, receive my get, tafkun paiksigil, right? Then, she could eat truma until the shaliach gets. Right, until the get gets to that particular place. Rabbi Lazar Rabbi says, no, she can't eat truma even immediately. So Rabbi says, now interestingly enough, the Gemara says, Vigita miyahavi. Now interestingly enough, what you see from that latter case, ultimately, again, I will say, is that the get is a good get. But you just said in the previous Mishnah that such a get would not be a good get. To which the Gemara says, I'm sorry, So we'll say, we'll say, what's the case? The case of it is where she's saying, I want you to receive my get in Masa Mechasya. So on one hand, she's giving a specific location. Receive my get in Masa Mechasya. That's the name of a place. But sometimes you'll find him in Bavel. This is what she means to say. What she's really saying, we'll say in that kind of case is, take the get wherever you can find the get. Right? Wherever you can find the get. So she's giving helpful geographic information. So so this is probably interesting. So in this case over here, the way the Mishnah Gemara is setting up the case is she's telling the Shaliyah, receive the get, take, get the get from him wherever you could get it. But the get doesn't actually take effect until when? Until ultimately you reach a particular location. So we'll say this is a unique kind of case where she's essentially saying, receive the get wherever you could find my husband. But Lamai said the get itself will not take effect until you bring it to a particular geographic location. Okay. Rabbi Lazar Oser Miyad. So Rabbi Lazar says that ultimately, again, she can't eat truma immediately. So remember again, that this is the last case of the Mishnah. Last case of the Mishnah is, the way we're now framing it is, what she's saying is like this, is receive the get from my husband, which is now we're interpreting to mean, receive the get from my husband wherever you could find him. But I'm not going to be divorced until the get actually reaches a particular geographic location. Now, Rabbi Lazar says, in that kind of case, as soon as she dispatches the shaliach, she can't eat truma immediately. That's his best. She can't eat truma immediately. Says the Gemara Pshita, the Hamaramakam Hula. They will say that makes perfect sense because now, now, what we're saying is, she wasn't literally saying only receive the get in a particular place. What she was saying was what? was she was just trying to give the shaliach, Mara Makna also means she was giving the shaliach a geographic heads up. You're going to have an, right, probably you're going to find my husband in this particular place. To which the Gemara says is very interesting. Listen to this. Zilu Mizrach, Mizrach. Here's what she's saying. She's saying to the shaliach, shaliach, go to the east because you'll find my husband in the east. That's where he is. The Ka'azal Amairav. Abose, what does the shaliach do? Right after, right after Rachel gives him the instructions, Abose, what does he do? He goes to the west. He goes to the west. What would you have thought? For sure in the west, he's not going to be there. So Abose, so watch this. So here's what's happening over here. Rachel is married to, Rachel's married to Ruvain. Ruvain's a Kohen. So during marriage, she's obviously consuming truma. Now they're getting divorced. Okay, now they're getting divorced. So I will say, so now what we're focused on over here in this case is what? At what point in time does she have to stop eating truma? That's what we're really focused on. So Rabbi Lazar said, Rabbi Lazar says, she, as soon as she dispatches the shaliach, she has to stop eating truma immediately. Now what's the chiddish? So I will say, here's the chiddish. Imagine, so, so fine. So now Rachel appoints the shaliach. She says, shaliach, listen, I don't know exactly where my husband is, but I know he's towards the east. He's in the east. Okay, so I say, so now what happens? Shaliach leaves the house. She's watching out of the window. And where does the Shaliach go? To the west. So I say, so I'm going to have thought like this. So I say, if you're Rachel, what are you thinking? For sure, I could eat Shuma now. 
right? In other words, like, like, ah, look, he's, he's going in the wrong direction. It's fine. He'll, he'll, he'll catch on. He's going in the wrong direction. But I could for sure eat truma. Kamash malon dilma bahadi de ka'azal megas gaius bay. So I said the Chiddush of Rabbi is no kamash even even though now he's going in the wrong direction. she can't eat truma. Why? What do we have to be concerned about? Maybe he's going to bump into her. I'm sorry. Maybe he, maybe Ruvain is going to bump into Shaliach. In other words, even though he's going quote unquote in the wrong direction, maybe they will end up bumping into each other. He'll give the Shaliach the get, and therefore she has to stop eating. Truma immediately. Okay, that's the Chedesh of Rebbe Lazar. Which I will say, essentially what Rebbe Lazar is saying, you know what he's essentially saying, is like once, once Rachel dispatches the Shaliach to, to retrieve her get, to retrieve her get, she just has to stop. Because since we have absolutely no idea how the events are going to unfold, we can't risk having a non-Kohen go ahead and consume Truma. So essentially, once you dispatch that Shaliach, you're done with Shuma. Fine. Next one, I'll say, so a similar case. Homer the Shlucho, unrelated to Gittin now. Homer the Shlucho, Arev Libitmarim. So I'll say, so now remember again, I, I need to make an Erev Chatseros, right? So I'll say, so imagine for a moment, we all live in the same Chatser, in the same courtyard, right? Halabai will be Zohar, Amir Sashem. Mashiach comes, can you imagine again, we have a Dafilmi courtyard, Amir Sashem. Right? So all of us learning together, living next to each other. So I'll say, so what happens? We all live in the same Chatser. Which means that halacha lemaisa, Now we need to join in an eruv in order for us to be able to carry from our homes to the jointly owned chazer. Okay, so I say, so now what happens? I say to the shaliach, so now I'm, an, I'm a judge of the eruv. I say to my shaliach, do me a favor, go and make the eruv from tomorrow, from dates. What happened? The shaliach goes ahead. The eruv lo begrogros. He makes it with dried figs or. I tell him the grogros, the air of a little bit tomorrow. So we'll say, so now what happens if the shaliach ends up using something different for the Erev than what I told him to use? So what's the status of the Erev? Tani chad Eruv Erev. So we'll say one, sorry, so one opinion says the Erev is a good Erev. The Tanya Idach ain't Eruv Erev. And one opinion says it's not a good Erev. Not a good Erev. I, so what's going on over here? What's going on over here? Actually, I, I take it back. Rashi actually says that this is a case not of Erev Chaseros, but of Erev Tchumen, right? Okay, not that it matters, right? Fine. So what was Talacha? Amarav alo kasha, harabanan harab alazar. So we'll say, it's two different opinions, two different opinions. Harabanan dami kapeidahi, harabanan dami kapeidah, harab alazar da amar mara makam So we'll say, Zigmar wants to suggest, or Abba wants to suggest, this is the same machlokis as our Mishnah, right? So we'll say, what happens, halacha lemaisa, when the woman says, receive my get in Pikesville? So the Rabbanon say, when she says, receive my get in Pikesville, that's kapeda. That's, she's saying, I only want you to receive my get in Pikesville. Rabbi Lazar says, no. What is she doing? We'll say, it's a maramakum. She's providing helpful information. So Rabbi wants to suggest, it's the same machlokis over here. When I say to my shaliach, make an Erev with my dates. So the Rabbanon will say, the Rabbanon will say, what am I saying? Dates. Tafka dates and nothing else. And therefore, again, if he uses something else, what's talacha? The Erev is invalid. Rabbi Loza will say, when I say dates, what am I saying? What am I saying? Just get it done. Just get it done. By the way, the dates, they're right at the front door, right? So just, just take the dates. Right? But Lamai said, it's a Mara Makam. I don't really care what he uses. I don't really care what he uses. I'm just trying to provide helpful information. Fascinating. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yosef Amar. Rabbi Yosef says, no. So Rabbi Yosef Amar, Ha Vaha Rabbanon. Actually, I will say, both braces are the Rabbanon. Are the Rabbanon. So we'll say, so what's going on over here? Listen to this. The Rabbanon are the ones who say that ultimately, again, Kpeda, Kpeda, Kan Bishalau, the Kan Bishalchadero. Ah, very interesting. I will say, one is talking about my produce, one is talking about my friend's produce. So the Rabbanon say, when it's my produce, when it's my produce, I'm fine if the Shaliach uses the Grogros instead of the Tamara. Doesn't matter. He uses the dates, uses dried figs, doesn't make a difference. The other case was, I'm telling the Shaliach to use, to use Ruvain's produce. Reuven gave me permission to use his produce for, for Erev. Now, I will say, when someone gives you permission to use their stuff, what permission do you have? What right to use Dafka, the items they allowed you to use? So in this case over here, Reuven said, you could use my tomorrow. So then if Shaliach goes ahead and uses the grow gross of Reuven, 
that's unsanctioned use of someone else's property. So Yosef is an interesting, so interesting way. So Rabbi Yosef is saying both are to, both are both the position of the Rabbanon when it comes to my produce. If the shaliach uses tomorrow instead of grow grows grogers instead of tomorrow, that's fine. But the second price that says it's not good is when we're using someone else's produce, right? I was telling the shaliach. Ruvain allowed us to use his tmarim. If the shaliach takes the grogros of Ruvain, well, that's unsanctioned use of someone else's property. Amalei Abaye, about the following case. Homer the Shlucho, Arid Liba Migdal, the Erev Laba Shovach. The Shovach, the Erev Laba Migdal. So, what's about the following case? I say to my shaliach, and I will say, this could be a good case of Erev Tchumen as well, right? Place the Erev, place the Erev in the tower, but instead the Erev, the, 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 the shaliach places it in the dovecote. Or place it in the dovecote, and it places it in the tower. So we'll say, what's the halacha? The tanya chada eruvo, the tanya the tanya chada eruva eruv, the tanya idach in eruva eruv. So we'll say, one brayse says it is a good eruv, one brayse says it's not a good eruv. Hasam ma'ishalov b'shachaveru ego. Now we'll say, can you make the same distinction over here that one is talking about my own my own stuff, one is talking about again my friends. Hasam nami ika peri demigdal peri deshovach. Rabbi say Lavdafka is talking about location, but it's talking about, again, the produce situated in a particular place. Seinachinami, Rabbi say could ultimately be, it could ultimately be, again, Rashi says, B'migdal, diktani lav la'an suchehu el arvim eperos ploni. Rabbi say it doesn't have to be talking about actual location, but rather it could be talking about the produce that is stored in these respective locations as well. Okay, interesting idea. Fine. So we'll say, so really, really quite fascinating. So I'll just point out, we have this, so therefore we're left with this machlokas. We're not going to resolve it today, but we're left with this machlokas, Rabbanan and Rabbalazar, which is a very interesting machlokas, that, that, that ultimately, again, when specifically the wife gives specific information about where to receive the get, how do you interpret that instruction? So the Rabbanon, and so again, Rachel says to the Shaliach, receive my get in Pikesville. So the Rabbanon will say, she's Makbid. What she's saying is she only wants the get received in Pikesville. And therefore, if the Shaliach receives it somewhere else, it's not a valid get. That, right, that's ultimately the position of the Rabbanon. That's what we call Kepeda. Ultimately, again, the Rabbalazah will say, no, Maramakam. She is providing helpful information so the Shaliach doesn't have to go ahead and start running around looking for where the husband is. But in reality, what does she care about? What does she care about? Getting divorced. Where the get is given is actually a little consequence. So just keep in mind that fascinating machloka. Says the Mishnah, Homer, kisfu get the If a husband says, write it, get and give it to my wife. Yeshua, divorce my wife. Right? Kisfu igeres write a letter for him to give her. Right, give her. Hari So these are all proper lashonos of divorce. So if a husband uses any of this wording, ultimately, again, in the commissioning of agents, these are proper verbal instructions to write and deliver a get. On the other hand, patruha. Fuzashta patruha, right? Which literally means, again, about saying, like, patra, like, exempt her. Parnasuha, support her. Asala kanimus, right? Do, right do, do in accordance with the proper way. Asala karai, do the appropriate thing for her. Lomar kanai, let's say, so these wording, right? This type of verbiage is too open, ultimately, again, and too open-ended and too ambiguous, doesn't result in a get. So we'll say, you know, we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up a minute to show with this Kimar tomorrow. Shkoyach.